Well, good morning, church families. My name is Andrew. I am the lead pastor at Park Community Church, and I'm so glad to welcome you this morning and to gather, well, virtually gather together. We're gathered here. I'm here with John and Matt, two pastors from Elmwood Church, one of our partner churches. We, I know I speak on behalf of you two that we're just so glad to be in partnership with one another that as individual local churches, we are not just left on our own, but we have partners. We have churches who are thinking through similar things. And so I, I love calling John and Matt and bothering them every now and then and saying, what are you guys doing? How are you handling the COVID thing? Uh, what's, they, they have no idea, neither do we. So it's great. I call them. What do you guys do? We don't know. And I'm like, good. I'm not the only one. Um, so we're glad to be together today. And as we kind of talked this through together, we, we all thought, let's just pause on our normal sermon series that each of our individual churches are doing and do a joint service together and just talk about how do we engage the world as disciples of Jesus right now in the midst of the COVID reality. The church hasn't stopped just because we can't gather on Sunday mornings. Our mission is still very much alive. And so as we talked and prayed through that together, we decided to look at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 this morning. It's a very familiar passage to many of you. Some of you, it may be a newer passage too. I know some of you are just kind of getting into the Bible and learning about the church. Some of you are asking questions about Jesus. You may not even be a follower of Jesus, but you're tuning in and you want to learn more. And so we're glad that you're here. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for years, and you know this passage very well, but we hope that this is a good reminder to you and motivator to you to be, to be and make disciples of Jesus in this time. So I'm going to read Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to hand it over to John. He's going to do a portion of the sermon, and then John's going to hand it over to Matt. He's going to do a portion of the sermon. Matt's going to hand it back to me. I'm going to do a portion of the sermon, and then we will close out this morning by singing another gospel song. Uh, so if you have a Bible, grab, grab it and open up to Acts, Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. Why don't you follow along as I read? In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, and he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let me pray, and then John's going to get us into this text. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are present with each one of us in the person of the Holy Spirit, that we have assurance of our salvation in your presence because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, even though we are scattered people in our living rooms, in our dining rooms, in our apartments, people from two different local churches, we have unity through the bond of your spirit, through our fellowship with you, and you are present with each one of us. 
Lord, you're present here in the sanctuary at Park because you live and dwell within those who are gathered here, the few of us who are here, and you are present in the living rooms, in the dining room tables, and in the places that our churches are scattered as you dwell within us. And so we acknowledge your presence among us, Lord Jesus. Pray that you would use this text to lead us into your truth for gospel living. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, over these last number of months, our world has really been turned upside down, and uh, we are all feeling the effects of the COVID-19 crisis in a variety of different ways. Uh, Some of us are feeling sort of apathetic towards it. Some of us are feeling rather fearful and afraid. Some of us know personally people who have contracted or died from this virus, and some of us are just feeling frustrated, (laughs) just really ready for this thing to be over and to get back to some semblance of normal life in our world, in our personal lives, to get back to some sense of normal within our economy. But because of all this, there's a lot about our world that has changed, and a lot about our everyday life rhythms is completely different now than it was even just a couple months ago. I know this is true for me and my family. Uh, My wife and I, we have two small children and so many of the things that had anchored our, our week and anchored sort of those milestones throughout the week are, are different or are completely gone. So there is no more uh, going to the grocery store with mom on Monday morning with the girls. There is no more ECFE on Wednesday. There is no more going to the library for story time. And so there's all these milestones and things that, that would happen throughout the week that were sort of anchor points that are sort of all gone now and we're sort of creating this new sense of normal. And I know that for those of you who are watching, you've been experiencing something similar to this. But no matter what the the reality is for your life and for your life rhythms, what I do know is that all of us, to some degree, some of us more, some of us less, are feeling uprooted, we're feeling disrupted, feeling inconvenienced, and there's just a lot about our world right now that is changing, that has changed, that is changing now, and is going to continue to change even in the months to come. And so what we wanted to do is, as Andrew sort of mentioned earlier, what we wanted to do this morning is to take some time and to think specifically about what for us as followers of Jesus has not changed, right? It's easy to look around and to feel disrupted and to see the uncertainty of the future and everything is changing and it certainly feels like everything is different. And yet there's some things about our lives as followers of Jesus that have not changed at all. And so we wanted to focus in on one of those things this morning, which is our mission, The mission that God has commissioned us to go on is to to live as disciples, to make disciples. That mission has not changed. And so we want to look at this passage from the book of Acts and think together with you this morning about the mission of the church. And so as we look at the passage today, what we see are three different aspects of the mission of the church. We see first the people, then we're going to see the power, and then we're going to see the pattern. So let's look first, this first aspect of the mission of the church, which is the people. Now, this passage in the book of Acts is a kind of commissioning. Jesus commissions his disciples to go out on mission. He says in verse 8, a a verse that's familiar to many of you who are watching, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus commissions his disciples, telling them that he's going to send them out on mission with a with the power of the Spirit in order to accomplish that mission, to live as witnesses of his life and death and resurrection to all peoples on earth. And so let's just for a moment pause and put that commissioning of the disciples to go out on mission into the larger storyline of the Bible. 
Now, the, the Bible is a very big book, and it's got one story in it. And this book is all about the story of God on mission. And as we look at the pages of Scripture, we see that God is on a mission, and that mission is to bring healing and renewal and redemption and restoration to what has been broken and distorted and disjointed about God's good creation. So the mission of God in our world is not to send Jesus so that a few people can escape earth and go to somewhere else, so that God can send Jesus and then some people, some believers can be whisked off into some other place. The mission of God in our world is that God is bringing unity to heaven and earth once again. He's uniting heaven and earth in the way that they were originally designed. And we see this even in the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So this is the mission of God, to bring unity to heaven and earth in the way that God had originally designed his creation. Now, we know from looking at the pages of the Bible, specifically the New Testament, that the mission of God is fully accomplished in and through the person and the work of Jesus. Through his sacrificial death, through his victorious resurrection, the mission is accomplished fully and perfectly in Jesus, and yet the mission is enacted. The mission is carried out in our world through disciples of Jesus who live as disciple makers. A part of this mission that God sends his disciples out on includes this commissioning that we have seen here in this passage. And a part of that commissioning is that Jesus says, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor Matt is going to talk about more about the power, sort of the, the fuel that drives the mission of the church in just a moment. So I'm not going to uh, say much about this. But what we can see as we look at this passage and see what it has to tell us about the people of God, what we see is this that it is the spirit-indwelled people of God who carry forward the mission of God in our world. It is the spirit-indwelled, the spirit-empowered people who carry forward the mission of God in the world. Now, many of you are listening to this and you're saying, okay, I get this, I know this, this isn't anything new, I've heard this all before. And if that's you, good, I'm glad that this is nothing new for you. But I'd like for us this morning, just by way of application, to kind of just drive down, sort of drill down into uh, what, is this, what does that mean? What does that reality mean for us right now in this season of ministry? And what I think is so important for us to remember right now, especially, is that the mission of God moves forward in our world through a people. The mission of God moves forward in our world through the collective people of God, that is the church. So the mission of God goes forward in our world through a people, not through a building. Now, I'm, many of you have heard this before. The church is a people, it's not a place. And there's no more time than right now, there's, there's a better time for us to remember this. So yes, our services have been temporarily suspended for a time. Yes, our church buildings have been temporar temporarily closed for a time. But the church has not closed. The mission of God still moves forward in our world, even in this season. Now, I just want to be really clear about something right now, and that is that I am not downplaying the importance of the gathered church, and I'm not downplaying the importance of buildings like the one that we are in right now. The gathered church is essential. It is vital for the people of God to gather together in a building like this that is a gift from God so that we can hear the gospel proclaimed, so that we can sing songs of worship to our king, so that we can be strengthened and emboldened by the message of the gospel and sent out each week to the places where we live, work, and play to live as disciples who make disciples. 
So the gathered church is critically important, and the buildings like this that enable us to meet in large groups is critically important to the mission of God. And yet it's so important for us to be reminded that buildings are a gift from God. They are a tool to be used by the people of God for the mission of God. The building is not the point. And you could even say it like this, that the building, buildings don't make disciples. Disciples make disciples. And we just need to keep that in our minds, especially during this season. So the mission of God moves forward in our world as we, as followers of Jesus, live out our identity as sons and daughters, as brothers and sisters, as neighbors and witnesses. The mission of God moves forward in our world as we practice gospel neighboring, where we live, work, and play. So the mission of God, even during this unique season, has not stopped. And so we don't give way to fear. We don't give way to despair. And, and, and isn't right now a time when so many of us are asking, when is the church going to reopen? Well, friends, the church has not ever closed. Our church buildings have been temporarily closed, but the church has not closed. And so what that means is that we do not give way to fear, we do not give way to despair, and we refuse to believe the lie that the advance of the gospel has been put on hold until our services have, have resumed. We refuse to believe that lie. And so even now, during a season where things are uncertain, even now when everything is changing and our world looks so different than it did two months ago, even now we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry out the mission of God. And yes, it looks different than it has in past seasons, but we have the same Holy Spirit now empowering us for the mission of God that we did before COVID-19 hit our world. And so the mission of God goes forward through the people of God. But it's so important that we remember that even as we carry out this work of mission, we have to remember where the power comes from for that mission to be accomplished. Which brings us to the next aspect of the church's mission that we see in this passage, which is the power. Thanks, John. Yeah, so where the people of God is kind of the, the who of the mission, the power of God is the how of the mission. In, in other words, we all realize now that we have some part to play in, in helping God to build up his kingdom. But I think the next step is, is to ask this appropriate question of how do we do this? How do we go about making disciples when many things in our world seem to be working against us? Right? We live in a culture externally of our church buildings where people don't necessarily uh, assume Judeo-Christian values. And so we have to be extra thoughtful about the ways that we are talking about Jesus with people. But we not only face external cultural challenges, sometimes within the church we face cultural challenges where we all come with different baggage and expectations as far as how we make disciples or what the process is through which we go about that or how we do evangelism, right? Some of us see evangelism as more of a relational task where we, we slowly introduce people to Jesus over time as we get to know them. Some of us want to get right on the mat and get into it and like to have those conversations right away. I think of people that like to do street evangelism. I'm not saying that either one is is good or bad but we all come with different convictions and ideas about how we do this and it's not always easy but if you're like me when we think about how we make disciples one of the greatest challenges that i find that i face is myself i can be my own greatest stumbling block at times i come with expectations about the conversations that i'm going to have with people or about the ways that they're going to respond to me 
uh, or about the ways that God is going to intervene or not in that moment. I can be my own greatest challenge as I try and start dialogues with people about this one who I've claimed to submit my life to. And now, as, as John had brought up, we, we are now facing COVID and, and the circumstances that that brings about. So we're physically distanced from one another. And so if you're not all about Zoom calls, if you're not all about writing letters to one another, then this makes this increasingly difficult. So simply to ask how the mission goes forward is just not that easy. And, and it's really complex to answer. And yet this is where I think we need to realize that just because God has given us the opportunity or the privilege of, of participating with him as he builds his kingdom, that doesn't mean that success and failure ultimately depends upon our ability to do everything well. Look, look with me at the text one more time. Look at verse 6 with me. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? We see in verse 6 that the disciples, like any good Jewish group, had these expectations of what their leader was going to do. They believed that he was going to overthrow Rome and fully bring his kingdom into power right then. Just like us, they had baggage that they had brought to this conversation about the mission of God. But, but I love Jesus' answer to them in this moment. It, it's very similar to, to many of his other responses to people throughout the Gospels. It's not a simple yes or no. He, he actually kind of redirects or corrects them by what he says about what matters, or rather, who matters in the mission. Let's read verses 7 and 8 one more time. He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let me give you a quick illustration. So my wife Holly and I, we, we recently, just a week and a half or so ago, uh, we just got a new puppy. He, he's about 15 weeks old or so. His name's Eddie, and he's super cute. And Holly and I are extremely sleep-deprived by trying to potty train him. And we see him tearing apart our house through rose-colored glasses because he's so cute. He's great. Uh, but in the midst of his growing up, in the midst of this teething process and, and him terrorizing the cat, one of the things that we've learned, and specifically me because I've never had a dog before, is that one of the ways that it's helpful is, is to redirect him in a productive way that's going to be most effective in the moment. So for him, with his teething, that means giving him something else to chew on uh, as, he, as he matures and, and his teeth grow in. But, but in the same way, I think that Jesus is kind of doing something similar when it comes to his disciples here. They're caught up in, in him bringing his kingdom and throwing off the oppression of Rome. But Jesus says he's not going to tell them uh, when God's kingdom is going to fully come in power, but he redirects them to what's going to be most effective for the mission of God. And Jesus says that it's going to happen through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the key ingredient in the mission of God's people. So friends, the mission of God may be worked out by God's people, but it is made effective through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that one more time. The mission of God is worked out through God's people, but it is made effective through the Holy Spirit. Your ability to represent Jesus well and have thoughtful responses to people, they're, they're certainly helpful, but according to Jesus, they're not absolutely necessary or essential for you to be a good witness. After all, if you look back to verse 4, Jesus doesn't command the disciples to, to stay in Jerusalem until they have it all figured out. If that was the case, then they would probably never have left the city. Consider the rest of the New Testament, where the apostles are writing letters to churches 
who are really struggling to get it together. The, the fact is that, that Jesus commands his disciples to wait for the Spirit. Because when the Spirit shows up, not only did God's people change, but the hearts of those around them change as the gospel is proclaimed. So listen, I, I get you might be watching this, and, and you might feel like you're not the most gifted speaker, or you might not be ultra-informed in, in apologetics or theology, or you're super charismatic. Whatever, whatever it is, you might feel ill-equipped to go about this thing called mission. But let me encourage you that whatever God's Spirit is doing over here and, and through us, that's so much better than all of the charisma, all of the strategy, all of the intellect that we could come up with in our own power. And that spirit dwells in us and, and takes joy in, in using us to build up the kingdom of God. Look, you might feel like your whole world, as John had, had alluded to, that has been turned upside down over these past couple months. You might feel like everything has changed. And, and in many ways, there, there are a lot of things that are shifting and changing. But our world is always changing. And although it's going to continue to change, our dependence on the Spirit of God cannot. So whether you're, you know, connecting with your neighbors from six feet, wearing your mask, or whether you're connecting with your family on a Zoom conversation, whatever you're doing right now, rely on what God's Spirit wants to do through you. The message of the gospel is still good news no matter where we're at, no matter what we're facing. And here's the best part. The Spirit is not going to get COVID-19. He is immune to anything that, that, to any plans that people have or, or to any brokenness in our world that would try to thwart God's plan. His plan will not be thwarted. It's God's job to see the mission through. It's our job to faithfully rely on his spirit. The same thing that held true for these disciples right here holds true for us even now. So here's my application for you. Go out and do something. Just do something. It's so easy to be discouraged because of, it feels like our hands have been tied by certain limitations that we're facing in this season. But in reality, while we might feel like so much has changed, the mission has not changed, and the power that works in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, has not changed. All that's happening is we're being forced to awkwardly bring up Jesus with people from a distance instead of in person and face-to-face -face with them. So, so take heart in that. The reality is actually we might have more opportunities for gospel-centered conversations because of what's going on in our world if we would take advantage of them. So go and do something. Be thoughtful how you're going to go about it, certainly, and be sensitive to the needs of those around you. But don't wait for the perfect opportunity. We have to let God do his perfect work through our imperfect and clumsy attempts to talk about the good news about who Jesus is and what he's done. So we have the who, the people, the, the how, the power of the Holy Spirit, and now we're going to transition to Andrew, where he's going to talk about the, the pattern or, or where we go about making disciples. So go for it. Great. Thank you, Sean and Matt. Yeah, so as John covered the, the people, the who, Matt covers the power, the how. I'm going to look at the pattern, really the where. And we see this, look again at verse 8. Jesus says, but you will receive power, the you, the people, the people of God, as John covered, will receive power, the how, the, the power, Holy Spirit, that Matt covered has come upon you. 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we're looking at the pattern now, the where. Where does this take place? And, and my, what, what I want you to hear is that the church or the mission of God advances through local, regional, and global witness. The mission of God, Jesus' church grows, and the mission of God advances through local, regional, and global witness. Jesus says, you will receive power. Here's the people. You will receive power. There's, there's the how, and you will be my witnesses. We will testify to the person and work of Jesus Christ, both locally. So in this setting, in context here, this is happening in Jerusalem. All all of the Jews from around the area are gathered in Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost and for their festivals. And, and so right now they're all in Jerusalem. Not all of them were local residents of Jerusalem. Many of them were, but, but many of them weren't. And so it starts with their local where they are right now. They're in Jerusalem. And then as this, these few weeks, and it kind of extends into a couple months, unfolds, people slowly start moving back to their towns into their villages. And so they're spreading out into Judea and Samaria. This is the surrounding region. And then Jesus also says, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so we see that the mission of God is being carried out locally, regionally, and globally. And so what I want to do is just get into the very practical point for us that the same is true for you and I today, that we live out the mission of God. Jesus' church advances through us as we are committed to a local, a regional, and a global witness for Jesus Christ. And so for you and I, it starts locally. And not even local church, first of all. It starts as just individual people, families, families. extended families, immediate families. It starts with you where you live. The universal church, the the church of Jesus Christ, the global church is advanced as God's people are scattered into different neighborhoods. As we live life, as as we live as gospel neighbors, where we live, work, and play, the mission of God moves forward as you and I take seriously our local, our local setting, uh, where you work, where you live, where you play, as Pastor John often says at Elmwood. And so that's where it starts. As we think about the people of God in the power of the Holy Spirit going out, the first pattern is that you would, like Matt said, that, that you would just do something. Where you live, work, and play, that you follow God and you trust the Holy Spirit's promptings and power in your personal spheres of influence. That's how the universal church starts to grow. And then also, a, a local church. So we all have our local, our individual spheres of influence, but we're part of local churches, right? This morning we have Park Community Church and Elmwood Church represented. There's other local churches around our region, and those are so important. I, I know we live in this unique cultural reality, especially in the American church where people kind of church hop and they hop around to different churches and try and find a church where the music suits them more, or the preaching suits them more. Or there, there's some of that that happens. And I would just want to encourage you to find a local church, a, a gathered church. Right now, obviously, we're not gathering, but when we get back to normal, find a group of people who are covenanted or committed to one another and saying, we are the local church. We're the local expression of Jesus in this community. 
and the gospel advances, the mission of God moves forward as local churches band together to care for their neighborhoods. So Elmwood is in St. Anthony Village. They're caring for that area. And, and certainly, those of you who attend Elmwood, you don't all live in St. Anthony Village, but you've kind of zeroed in on that area and said, this is, this is where God has the majority of us living, working, and playing, and we care about this neighborhood. Our building is in this neighborhood. We care about the neighbors around this building, and we want to make disciples here. We want to follow God here. Those of you who are a part of Park Community Church, we've said this neighborhood, St. Louis Park, this is, this is our local church. We're, we're committed to one another and to seeing the gospel advance in these neighborhoods, in this sphere of influence. And then secondly, regionally. So starts with local, Jerusalem. And then regionally, the universal church grows as these people in, 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 who are gathered in Jerusalem for these festivals, as they move back to their own hometowns and villages, Judea and Samaria, the surrounding region. So oftentimes we, you know, in our mobile society, maybe, maybe you moved in the last couple of years from, who knows, you moved around the city and you're in a new city now and and I would encourage you, find a new local church. Plug into that local church. Be a part of that local church. We see some movement here, some natural movement here in Acts chapter 1 taking place. And that happens in our day and age. And as we do that, the gospel grows and it spreads. And, and so there's this natural personal, personal thing where you move because of college or job changes and you are a disciple filled with the Holy Spirit, moving into a new neighborhood, moving into a new city, with the gospel, bring that with you, and then find a local church to partner with to make disciples. But then also as an organization, local churches, we partner together. And so I love the partnership that Park Community has with Elmwood Church that, that we, like John said earlier on, we call each other and we're like, hey, how are you guys handling COVID? We have no idea. We're, we're partnered with one another. We can talk through things. As a pastor of a church, I don't just have to kind of hit my head against the wall trying to figure out when do we go back to Sunday gatherings. I have other churches I can call and talk to in our region. Both of our churches are part of the North Central District of the Evangelical Free Church of America. There's, there's safety in numbers. There's about 150 churches in our denomination in this district, and, and we get regular updates from our leadership because this is a region. We're in a region together, a district together, and we have other churches that we can partner with. And we see that happening here in Acts. As they're spreading out, they're, they're in different villages, different cities, but they're keeping in contact with one another. They're learning from one another. And it's amazing to read through the book of Acts and you see these partnerships of churches. I love in Acts chapter 19, the apostle Paul moves into Ephesus and, and he plants churches in Asia Minor and all these churches know about one another. They're connected to one another. A lot of the New Testament are letters sent to the churches and then they're circulated among the churches. And so Elmwood and Park, we, we're in partnership with one another. We, we talk through things together and we encourage one another and advance the mission of God together. And then lastly, there's this global component. The, the mission of God is carried out globally. And so you'll see the last phrase there in verse 8 is, and to the ends of the earth. And so the reality here is that the mission of God spreads around the world. The church of Jesus Christ advances as some people are called to be cross-cultural missionaries or just disciple makers. Um, missionaries is the word that we typically use in churches, but I think sometimes we get in our mind this idea of, of what a missionary is, and there's this high calling, and oftentimes there is. But also, I, I like to just talk about it and think about it sometimes as cross-cultural disciple makers. Because all of us, if we're followers of Jesus, we are called to be disciples and make disciples. And so some of you are called cross-culturally. 
Some of you are called to different continents to make disciples, and some of you are called to stay right in your neighborhood and to make disciples where you currently live, work, and play. But the reality here is that Jesus, from the very beginning, he, as John mentioned, he, he, he wants to bring restoration and reconcilia- reconciliation to the world. And so their witness isn't contained just to Jerusalem. Our witness isn't contained just to St. Louis Park or to St. Anthony Village. Their witness extends to the region. Like our, like our witness extends from St. Louis Park and St. Anthony Village to greater Minnesota, and we're partnered with other churches. And those of you who have moved around, we, we love you. And some of you, I know you're t- tuning in right now, and you actually left Park Community Church because you live somewhere else, and maybe true for Elmwood too. That's how the gospel advances and grows. But then we also keep in mind this global aspect that some of you might be called to move to make disciples cross-culturally. Follow that call. We are here for you to support you and to send you. And we see that in the book of Acts, that, that they would come together, the churches, and they would, they would fast and pray, and, and God would reveal, hey, I've called this person to go to this city. I've called this person to go to this country. I've called this person to, to move here, to relocate in the church would come around you and pray for you and send you off to be a global disciple maker. And so that's the pattern. The church advances, the mission of God advances through our local, our regional, and our global witness. And church, I just want to remind you this morning that Jesus has not abandoned his church or given up on his mission. Like John said in the beginning, we're asking, when's the church going to reopen? And I'm actually encouraging our church to just use this terminology. When are we going to regather? And it's not a big deal. You can use the word reopen. But I do think it's important for us to remember the church has never been closed. Our buildings have been closed. Our services have moved online for a season. But the mission of the church has not stopped. The church is not closed. We are doing just as well as we ever have been because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We are the people of God living out the pattern of disciple-making locally, regionally, and globally. And so let's keep this in mind, church. We are his church. Jesus is the head of the church, and he is growing it through our spirit-empowered witness. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for growing your church, advancing your kingdom through our local, regional, and global witness. Lord, we thank you for calling us to yourself and, and for calling us the people of God. We're, we're not just an organization to you. We are your people. And so we thank you, God, for calling us yours, for calling us son and daughter. We thank you, Lord, for empowering us with your spirit, for we have all that we need for life and godliness. And we thank you for sending us out into the world as your witnesses, as your representatives, locally, regionally, and globally. Lord, I thank you for Elmwood Church. I thank you for Park Community Church. I thank you for the partnership that we have. Lord, we pray that you would bless the other churches in our region and our world this morning. Lord, we are on the same team proclaiming King Jesus. And King Jesus, we pray that many would find their hope in you in this season that Christians would be encouraged and empowered, and that those who are searching for truth and meaning would find it in you, Jesus. We love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.